Happy New Year! Happy New Year. <laughs> I, hope, I hope that your new year has begun well, and I hope that everyone had a wonderful holiday season. Uh, as we begin this new year together, it is important that we focus on the right things. Now, just for my edification, who has made a resolution this new year? Anybody made a New Year's? Re Come up. Two people? Two people made New Year's? Wow. I guess y'all were happy with life as it is, right? Um, you know, a lot of people do make resolutions about working out, losing weight, you know, getting out of debt. Hopefully some spiritual resolutions about getting closer with God or reading their Bible or spending that quiet time together with God. Every year comes around and we start out fresh and a, we have that new start. We have a new year holding promise of change, but somewhere we lose focus. I think that's probably why a lot of people don't make resolutions is because they failed to keep those resolutions. Is that why a lot of you aren't doing it anymore? Okay, I see a lot more hands now uh, that are going up. And, and it's sort of because we get distracted by life, right? I mean, it's, it's hard to maintain that focus on that thing that you want to change. Um, and sometimes, again, it's just about being distracted. Years ago, I was dating, this is pre-Christy, okay? I was dating this girl from Mackey, and... It was on a Saturday, so the campus was a little less crowded. We decided we were going to go down to East Campus. There was a nice little area by the river down there. There was a picnic table, and, and it was a beautiful Saturday morning. And um, so we went down there by the river. Uh, now, there at that area, there was a bulkhead. In fact, uh, there by the whole campus, there's a bulkhead that runs around uh, the river there. And again, uh, we were going down there in the morning, and then we were going to go eat lunch at the cafeteria. Uh, and so we spent some time there, maybe about an hour just sitting, talking about life and stuff. And it got to be about uh, time to go eat lunch, you know. And when that dinner bell rings, you know, Tim's already, you know, headed, <laughs> headed there. So uh, me being the chivalrous man that I am, the gentleman, the ge come on, the gentleman, um, I decided she needed help to get off of this picnic table, all right? Now, this girl was very able to get off the picnic table by herself, but I wanted to step up and help her, and I was just totally focused on her. I, I put my arms around her waist, and I lifted her up, and I stepped back. Now, uh, unfortunately, I was not focused on my surroundings. I was totally focused on her. And I should have spent a little bit more time focusing on where I was. You see, that picnic table was maybe two feet away from the edge of the bulkhead. Okay? And so when I stepped backwards... There was nothing there. <laughs> and I lifted her up, and I went backwards, and, and that's when I made my second mistake. Because instead of letting go of her, I held on to her, <laughs> and I catapulted her 
into the river. <laughs> As I fell back, I slingshot her over my head about 15 feet into the river. <laughs> uh, we're, we're both swimming back into shore. Uh, now the bulkhead, again, it was a little bit above the river and, you know, it wasn't easy to get out of there. But I found a long, some long weeds that were sort of hanging over. So I grabbed a hold of these weeds and then I made my third mistake, okay? Again, I'm a good guy. I'm, I'm a good guy. I, I'm just a chivalrous gentleman trying to help his girlfriend. And I, I decide I can save her now. I, you know, I've almost killed her. Now I can save her. And I, I reach back. I got the grass in one hand. I reach back with my left hand. I get, get her by the hand. And I begin to pull her. Now, I just made an error in judgment. I didn't know how deep these roots were of the weeds and so as I'm pulling her in the weeds pull out now I don't know about you but when something like that happens you sort of have to counterbalance things and 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 my left hand went down into the water which again I dunked her uh, again because I was holding on to her um, and uh, so Whew, man, we survived that uh, near catastrophe. Well, the relationship didn't survive. Well, it, that didn't destroy the relationship. When we finally made it out of the water, we were both laughing so hard. We could barely talk. Uh, she had a great spirit about it, thank goodness. And we did tell each other that we would never tell this to a soul <laughs> because we would be the laughing stock of the school and so we, we hustled back to, she went to her dorm, I went to uh, my dorm, and we got cleaned up, and we met for lunch, and then we discovered we blabbed to everybody we saw. So uh, what a lesson in being focused on the right things, right? I mean, focus on where your surroundings are and what you're doing. And so today, we're beginning this brand new sermon series revolving around the concept of focus. And what I've discovered is that it is important what we focus on. Have you figured that out already? Now here is the truth we should all recognize. The world around us loves to be a thief when it comes to our focus. It is far too easy to scroll for hours on end through our favorite social media platforms. And before you know it, we're late for a crucial meeting. We failed to get that work done that we needed to get done. We failed to give God time in His Word. You can be so focused on someone's negativity that you lose sight of what's positive in your life. Have you discovered that to be true? You can be so focused on your past that you miss what God is doing in your present and where He's leading you in your future. God has a lot to say about what we need to focus on. And again, there are many things to focus on that are good things. But we have to discern what are the best things to focus on. I mean, that girl was a good thing to focus on, but... I think I should have focused on the ground beneath me, right? 
When we focus on what is good, we have the potential to positively influence others. And so over the next few weeks, we're going to allow God to influence our focus in a positive way. And hopefully starting out at the beginning of the year with this, we can try to maintain our focus on the the best things, the good things, as we live throughout this year. It may require some rewiring, but trust me when I say it will be worth it for all of us, me included. So as we kick things off, please turn to Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. This is our main verse where we're going to be focusing today. And in this verse, just for some context, Paul is writing and he's talking about the importance of what we think about. The thoughts that come in and out of our minds day to day. And if you'll allow him... I believe God desires to show us how we can focus on the good. What? Okay, now see, this, this is not my fault. This is not my fault. My phone was talking to me. I'm sorry. Not my phone, my watch. Was, you know, these smartphones sometimes are too smart. You know, stop, I'm trying to focus. Um, if you're taking notes today... Uh, you can notice, you see it in your notes, that's the title of the sermon, Focus on the Good. So let's read together in Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I wonder if our news media took that as a motto, how it would change what we see as news and how it would change how we treat each other and talk to each other. Paul mentions a few different words in this single verse when he, he's telling us what to think about. And all of those words could be defined as Good. Think about what is good. However, knowing what good thoughts are is one thing. Putting them into our brain and choosing to focus on them is another. Have you realized that too? How do we do that consistently? And I believe there is a three-step process to thinking thoughts like the ones Paul mentions. The first step is simply to recognize the wrong thoughts. Most of us have figured out the difference between right and wrong. I mean, that's something that you learn as you grow up. You learn those early on from your parents. Uh, they can, parents can use different tools in the parent's toolbox to do this. Now, you did know there's a parent's toolbox, right? How many of you are parents in here? Raise your hand if you're a parent. Okay. Uh, You have a toolbox. Now, many of us say, well, I don't know where the toolbox is, but here's, here's some things. When I was growing up, I grew up in a time before something called time out 
existed in the parent's toolbox, okay? We didn't have time out. We had, because I said so, you know, we had floss water. That's what we had. We had work release. You know, we could be released from the threat if we worked or if we made up for what we did. But if that didn't straighten things out, in that toolbox was that flash water, right? Now, it wasn't in a toolbox. It was usually up on the, you know, the top of the refrigerator. So when mom grabs that flash water, you know, ooh, I, I done messed up. Sometimes we became the fly. That's <laughs> if we failed to learn, the flash water was an instrument to reinforce the lesson. Now, it was always better to learn from the older siblings' mistakes, though. How many of you are younger siblings in your family? Okay. Now, I, I'm the youngest in my family, so I got to watch. Now, my sister Elaine, she never did anything wrong. So I just watched my brothers and what they did. <laughs> and, and I said, I'm not going to do that. Um, if you have an older sibling, and those of you, how many of you kids in here have older siblings? Anybody in here? Okay. Watch and learn. Watch and learn. This is what you need to do. You can get a good grasp on right and wrong. And I'm not, you, you shouldn't watch to figure out how to get away with something. Okay, now that, that's the wrong motive. But the best tool in the toolbox, to me, was Scripture in the church. Now my mom took us to church where we had biblical teaching and lessons on life that would back up what she was telling us at home. Now, my mother was never abusive, but she did her best to teach her children those lessons. And I feel like I have a pretty good grasp on right and wrong. That doesn't mean I always chose the right because I sin just like everybody else. Now, what I have discovered is that it's easy for me to look around the world and see all that is wrong. I've had plenty of conversations with some of you about the state of our culture and all that is wrong with it. But even though we see all that is wrong with those things around us, do we sometimes fail to focus on what is wrong inside of us? Again, it's easy to point fingers but we need to be looking and focusing within. Sometimes we focus so much on what is wrong that we become negative ourselves. Have you noticed that? We, we complain and we talk so much <coughs> about how everything around us is just going you know, right downhill and we become negative. And instead of focusing on God or what is good or what is right, we become so caught up in the negativity around us. And that's why the political and racial divide in our country is so disconcerting. Because so many people are becoming so negative. Everyone wants to focus on all that is bad and all that is wrong. And when we have those negative thoughts that come to our minds, we have to recognize them for what they are. 
You see, the Bible gives us categories, even in this one verse in Philippians, that shows us what a positive thought looks like. And the way we recognize the negative thoughts includes filtering them through these categories. Is it noble? Is it right? Is it good? Is it pure? For instance, listen to what Paul wrote to the Ephesians in Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. Friends, that's spoken to us as Christians. Paul didn't write this just to benefit those we will minister to. He wrote it to benefit us as we make sure we are positive and encouraging The truth is we will naturally place our focus on things that distract us. And that's because of this thing called the flesh. Have you figured that out yet? (laughs) The flesh tends towards the negative. Those negative thoughts can often lead to wrong thoughts. The very thoughts we were taught were wrong become what we begin to focus on. And so as Paul wrote the Galatians in Galatians 5.19, the acts of the sinful or, or of the flesh are obvious, sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I'll warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. The flesh wants to focus on those things. It wants to also, in terms of our relationship, get us to focus on our differences. This leads to racist thoughts or factions. Sounds a lot like politics, doesn't it? The flesh wants us to hate and be judgmental. The flesh wants us to be legalistic and unloving. The flesh wants revenge and payback. The flesh wants the pleasures that satisfy its desires and appetite. And so our minds get going down into the gutter. We think the worst of people. We look for the worst in people. We focused on the worst in people. And all this leads to anxiety and depression and negativity. And we become so distracted by the things of this world. And we fail to see what God wants us to focus on. When we find our minds drawn towards the negative, leading us to think the wrong way, We have to stop ourselves and we have to recognize where this is coming from. And here's a question that every one of us needs to be asking 
Every single day, as we begin to think about people, think about life, think about things in general, is this thought coming from the Holy Spirit of God, or is this thought coming from the spirit of this world? Can you tell the difference? Can you tell the difference? Can you tell the difference? Can you tell the difference between what the Holy Spirit wants you thinking about and what the world wants you thinking about? Yes, we can. If it's not from God, then we have to determine to change our thinking. And I hope you will say amen to that. If you've been searching for a sense of peace lately, maybe the root issue begins with what's coming in and out of your mind. If you want to get your peace back, maybe, just maybe, it has to start with recognizing what has stolen it in the first place. And once you recognize the negative thoughts, once you recognize the wrong, you have to follow the second step and seek to change your thinking. Which brings us to rediscover the replacement. What's going to replace those negative thoughts, those wrong thoughts? Now there are countless times in Scripture where we get the sense that Jesus does not just desire to take some things away from us like sins or struggles in our life, but He intends to put something better in their place. When he does. The same is true when it comes to our thought processes. God's desire is not for us to be weighed down by our negative or unhealthy thoughts. Instead, he wants us to meditate on the positive things mentioned by Paul in Philippians 8. Now, how do we do this? The writer of Psalm 1 lays it out pretty clearly in verse 2. Delight in the law of the Lord, meditating on it day and night. Now, the law of the Lord is often interpreted sort of strictly as the Ten Commandments in the Old Testament. But I think we should think about the law of the Lord as it applies to all Scripture. The good things listed by Paul in Philippians only come through knowing the Word of God. <clears throat> There are so many incredible stories and teachings in the Bible that will influence the way we think day to day. Whatever we immerse ourselves in the most will eventually come out of us. Have you figured that out too? The things that you're thinking about and focusing on are going to come out in your actions and your words. And that's why I firmly believe Meditation leads to transformation. What I'm thinking about becomes who I am and what I do. Thinking about the thoughts of God leads us to think the thoughts of God. That's why Jesus warned about what we think about. Matthew 15. Now he was actually 
discussing another issue, but this is what he says. Don't you see that whatever enters the mouth goes into the stomach and then out of the body? But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, faults, testimony, slander. These are what defile a person, but eating with unwashed hands do not defile them. So Jesus is talking about how some people focus on the wrong things. And they focus on being outwardly clean. In other words, they wanted to look good on the outside. But they failed to focus on the more important aspect of being clean on the inside. You know, you can wear all the perfume you want. You can, you know, make yourself look so pretty on the outside. But if that heart isn't right, it's going to come out, isn't it? If we do the right things on the outside, but on the inside our hearts are not right, it will be evident. So it doesn't matter if we do the right stuff outwardly if our hearts are wrong. Jesus' point is that we have to get the heart right. In other words, our thoughts need to be in the right place. And the rest will take care of itself. Paul actually talks about this concept in Romans 12 too. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So the replacement God wants to make for your negative thoughts are positive ones. However, the deciding factor in that equation is the time we spend Meditating on God's Word. Allowing God to transform our thinking day after day. Have you ever noticed when you have drifted away from your time with God that your thoughts begin to turn negative? Anybody here ever noticed that? I'm the preacher. I've noticed that in myself. When you take time away from God, you begin to think the way the world thinks. But when you immerse yourself into God's Word, when you're listening to positive thoughts, maybe the kind of music we're listening to. Now, I'm not going to say you're going to hell if you're not listening to Christian music. I listen to all kinds of music. But listen, what we listen to, what we put in here is going to affect our thinking, and then that's going to affect our doing. This is why having a daily quiet time with God is so important. And I'm not going to ask you if you have this, but I'm going to encourage you. Some of you don't like resolutions. This is just a challenge, okay? When we can have time to focus on God's thoughts, we can be transformed in our thoughts. There are many ways to do this, but I'm going to give you a quick and simple way. And I want to encourage every one of you, get a journal. Many of you already do this, okay? But get a journal and keep it throughout the year. Begin the year with focused Bible study. And by that, I mean 
Don't just flip open the Bible and close your eyes and point on the page. I'm saying begin a book of the Bible and read through it and study it. Let God begin to transform your thinking. I would, again, if, if some of you are asking, well, where would I start? I would suggest the Gospel of John. Now, if you've moved on beyond that, you know, get into some of Paul's letters. But here's some questions that you should ask as you read. And all of these questions, now, you might get to one of these questions and there's nothing in that text that you're reading about that question. That's okay. But you're still asking this question. What is this teaching me about God? What can I learn about Jesus from this passage that I've just read? What, what am I learning about the Holy Spirit from what I'm reading? Is there a command that God wants me to obey that I've just read? Is there a promise that I can claim? And is there a, a condition to that promise? Is there a new thought that, you know, it's just making me want to follow or pursue and learn more? Maybe I've read something, I don't understand it. I can jot that down. Is there a sin of which I need to avoid or repent? I know some people today don't like to talk about sin, but it's definitely in the Bible if you don't know that yet. So as you keep your journal... Just jot down your answers. And at the end of that time of study and contemplation and meditation, pray about it. Focus on this throughout your day. And as you begin to do this, you will discover that your focus on God will change your attitude. Now, this is not the end of the process. We as humans have a tendency to get a little comfortable in our progress, and eventually we take steps backwards. You ever, that's the problem with New Year's resolutions, right? So the final step in the process is this. Seek out and accept accountability. Now, this is very difficult. Because it means being really honest with somebody else. It means being vulnerable. We don't like being vulnerable. But if there's one thing I know about the body of Christ, it is that we are not meant to do life all by ourselves. God has gifted us with brothers and sisters, which Paul talks about in Philippians. To hold us accountable in areas in which we are seeking to grow. How do we go about entering into an accountability relationship with someone close to us? I have people in my life who will be honest with me if they recognize that my thinking is getting out of balance. Now... <laughs> You might say, well, how do they know that your thinking is out of balance? It's because my doing is out of balance. Y'all, you know, when you think it, you eventually will do it. It will come out of your mouth. 
It will come out in the way you treat people. I have good friends who love me enough to be truthful with me. We hold each other accountable. And that's not to say that we pounce on each other or we're extremely critical of each other. Um, but ju just an example. Uh, my brother Mike ha has always been a person in my life. Um, years ago, before Christy and I began dating, I was actually engaged to another young lady. All right. And it was an unhealthy relationship. There was a lot of arguing. Uh, I have no doubt that both of us cared about each other, but it just wasn't healthy. But I was afraid to call off the engagement. <laughs> I felt like, you know, I, I made this commitment. I got I to gotta go through with this wedding. That's not the right attitude. That's not what you need to be thinking. And so my brother uh, took me out. I think we had played basketball or something that day, and that's when we were both able to do that. And um, he, he, as we were riding down the road, he began to talk to me, and he told me he was concerned. He said it wasn't anything that he saw that worried him. It was what he didn't see that concerned him. And that little talk gave me the courage to make the right decision. You could say, if it weren't for my brother Mike, I would never have married Christy. So, thank you, Mike. I think he's at home. He's sick today. And if he's watching, I love you, brother. I appreciate you. I owe him a huge debt of gratitude. And so do my daughters. Uh, oh, him. <laughs> there are many people in your life, whether you recognize them or not, who may say they want to see you grow, but do not actually do anything to help you take the steps of growth. Now listen, uh, we have several places here at church where I think if you would get connected in those places, that you would discover people who will love you and encourage you and try to support you. Um, we've got a couple of women's ministry groups uh, here at the church. Uh, we've got some small groups that are, will be meeting on Wednesday nights. And I just encourage you to get involved in some of these. We've got a Sunday morning group that meets and studies the Scripture. So... Get involved. Sometimes the people that we go to for advice aren't really giving us the advice that God would want us to have. And in fact, in some cases, people are even holding us back. A true friend is willing to do what it takes to help you find growth in a healthy way. They're not going to tell you what you want to hear they're going to tell you what you need to hear. And you know there's a difference, right? So entering into accountability requires honesty. The reality of accountability is that you may not like what you hear sometimes. <laughs> I can almost guarantee it. However, once you hear it, you can work to change it. 
in terms of emptying out negative thoughts from our minds. People close to you will be able to see what is in your head by what flows out of your mouth. Even your body language will show others what you are thinking about. And if we're willing, those close to us can act as accountability for us. One of the greatest relational situations you can find yourself in is one where someone else is regularly checking in with you with some questions. Now, I know we might say, well, you're not my mama. You're not my daddy. That's not the purpose in it. But listen, if you're in a real accountability, someone should be asking you and you should be asking them, how much time have you spent in the Word of God? If someone comes and they're troubled and things are going haywire in their life, how much time have you spent in the Word of God? Now, it's easy enough for us to pray when things are sort of getting wacky in life. But how much time have you spent in the Word of God? What is God teaching you? How is your prayer life? How is your church experience? Are, are you serving someone? Are you studying with someone? And this challenges you to take steps of growth by forcing you to focus on and think about your relationship with Christ and His bride, the local church. Focusing on the good things. Paul speaks about requires a deep dive into the Bible. You will start to see amazing things that God desires for you when you allow Him to transform you step by step. You first have to recognize the wrong the negative thoughts that are coming in and going out of your mind. And you have to put a stop to those. Once you recognize them, then you can start to allow God to replace those thoughts with something better. And from there, accountability is key to maintaining any form of transformation. So the challenge for all of us is to focus on the right things. This coming week, I want to challenge you. Schedule a regular time with God every day. What's the best time for you to read the Bible? Is it early in the morning? A lunch break? At home when you get home after work? Before you go to bed? Figure that out. What's the best time for you? Along with reading, take some time to journal, as I've suggested, and write down the specific negative thoughts that are running through your head. These could be thoughts about work, about your spouse, your friends, your kids, God, the church. I mean, the list can go on and on and on about all the negative thoughts that come in. And finally, commit the meeting with a close spiritual-minded friend or mentor to discuss what you're reading and learning. 
and take some time to pray with them. And ask them to help you identify any negativity or blind spots in your life. Friends, when we focus on what is good, then we have the potential to positively influence other people who are around us. Father, I have been guilty on many occasions of simply not paying close enough attention to what kind of thoughts are taking up my brain space. Some of them are good, but often I find myself thinking negative things towards myself or towards others and sometimes even towards you. And so, Father, I ask you to forgive me for that as we begin this series and Would you allow me to rewire my thought processes and the the thought processes of my friends? Father, help us to start this new year out with positive thoughts. Help us to cast those negative thoughts aside and just focus on the good. Help us to recognize the wrong and replace it with what is noble with what is good, with what is pure. May we commit to spending time in your word, to spending time in prayer, to spending time in meditation, just thinking about you. Help us to focus on you so much that we can make a positive difference in the lives of those around us. This is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen.